0: Hi, hello, and welcome. This is the Zonecast, where we interview emerging professionals, entrepreneurs, and academics. And uh, today we have with us on the show, Liz O'Connell. She is the co-founder and president of Aerolytics. Uh, hi, Liz. How are you? Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Salman. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day in Calgary, nice and sunny, so I can't complain. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show. And it is indeed a beautiful, sunny day and uh, and, uh, nice to have you on the show. I'm definitely curious to learn more about yourself and also about your venture. Uh, Can you share your professional and personal background?
1: Sure. Um, So myself, I'm an environmental scientist by trade. Um, I went to Uh, St. Effects University out on the East Coast for that. And um, so my background, I I worked in um, in, in research for for a while after I graduated. Um, I've spent a lot of time working um, around data science, around emissions um, data, developing new technologies for emissions leak detection, Um, spent a lot of time in the field actually collecting and and measuring um, emissions projects. And and so that's kind of uh, my my background is really working closely with, with emissions data.
0: Mm-hmm. So can you talk about uh, Aerolytics, what it is, and how the idea came about?
1: Sure. Uh, so Aerolytics is about uh, three years old now. We we formed in 2018, and um, there's three founders, so myself and, and Emmy Atherton and David Risk, and we all originated out of Canada's uh, largest academic gas emissions measurement lab, and so that's the the same lab that I was just referring to where we spent a lot of time um, kind of on different emissions projects, so working on on tech development in the space, a lot of field work, um, a lot of, um, you know, scientific publications in the space and, and working closely with the data. And so it was around 2018 when um, the federal and provincial Canadian governments announced brand new regulations in the oil and gas sector as part of the pan-Canadian framework on clean growth and climate change. There's a new target to reduce emissions by 45% uh, by the year 2025. And so this, these are new obligations on the industry, Um, the oil and gas industry had never before had to actually go out and measure their, their methane emissions. And with these new regulations, there's a requirement to do that up to three times per year, at 1000s and 1000s of facilities across Canada. And so these are obviously, you know, a new pain point uh, announced on industry, and that was really kind of the spark that formed Aeralytics. We realized that these producers, you know, they might not have the expertise internally to, to know how to, to manage these, these new kind of pain points and, and regulations, especially around the data side of things, the, the whole management of that process um because at the end of the day producers that they're in the the business of producing oil and gas and so these really kind of, these new regulations are really something that um have been kind of a new learning for industry as a whole and so um that's when we kind of formed the company back in, in 2018 we do have a, a both a consulting arm and a software-based arm but really Um, What we're, you know, what we're known for at the core is, is an emissions analytics and software based company. So helping producers to um, optimize their emissions for cost emissions reductions and efficiency, really helping them with the workflow and understanding what the best processes are to detect their emissions, how that data should be managed for um, tracking field logistics, reporting disclosure. Uh, This ties back to both compliance and ESG requirements um, and, and really supporting kind of the end-to-end workflow of emissions management for, for the energy sector.
0: Mm-hmm. So can you talk about the specific product that you offer? Is it um, um, an analytics software to help uh, companies monitor and track their emissions?
1: Yeah, so it's our, our specific product is called AeroViz. It's a software that optimizes emissions-related decisions, management, and disclosure. So there's a few modules involved with this. Um, but overall, it's, it's really mentioned um, to kind of streamline that process from the initial um, taking in the data from all these disparate sensors and, and data technologies and sources across the company and then communicating that vertically um, up to the executive or board level for them to be able to gain strategic insights around their emissions and their business. So, um, around disclosure, um, understanding you know are we on track to be meeting our internal targets around our emissions. Um, so it's it's kind of providing value for both both um, kind of. Different groups within a company, both on the more granular operations side of things, but also the more um, higher level side that needs to be tracking their emissions. And, and when I'm referring to emissions, I'm really thinking about methane here. That that's really our focus right now, based on, on the new regulations that said, in our development plans. We do have um, plans to expand into other gases um, that, that industry will need to start carrying in and disclosing and reporting um carbon is is of course not going away the the requirement to to track and and disclose your your carbon um emissions is certainly growing as well so um really focus on methane right now um both the fugitive which is methane leaks and also vents um and then yeah as i mentioned we'll kind of expand outwards into other gases along the the ESG value chain there
0: uh-huh. so methane emission is what um, your software will help your clients monitor and track. Uh, can you talk about methane? What, um, what it is methane, how it is produced, and what's the downside of having excessive methane in the atmosphere?
1: Yeah, great question. So methane is a really important gas because it has a really high greenhouse Warming potential compared to carbon dioxide. A lot of times with climate policies, we see a lot of focus on, on CO2. That's always you know a very prominent gas, which is of course a big piece of this puzzle. But methane on a 25-year time frame has about an 80 times uh, greater warming potential than CO2. So if you think about kind of destroying molecules of methane versus uh, molecules of, of CO2 or mitigating those, it's really kind of a more of a bane for your buck. Um, approach if you target methane just due to the fact that it has such a higher warming potential and when we relate this to oil and gas, um, or the oil and gas industry is is canada 's largest source of methane emissions. Um, when we think of all all the other sources, there's a lot of natural sources of methane, um, such as wetlands and and permafrost thaw and and different other sources. But it's really the oil and gas sector that that is the largest uh, source of these kind of anthropogenic emissions in Canada, and so that's that's really why it's been a target of of policy is because we see it as a low-hanging fruit and an, a great opportunity. to to just reduce these emissions. And um, reducing emissions and methane from the oil and gas sector, it can be as easy as just tightening some valves or some flanges that are loose and have leaks. Um, Those are, of course, often the smaller ones, but there are are larger sources too. Um, When we think about tank venting, for instance, that's often a really prominent source of of methane emissions um, that are leaking out into the atmosphere or, or venting out. And so there's a bunch of different um, kind of sources and that's why it it becomes a really complex problem because methane is colorless and odorless. It's not like you're seeing an oil spill on the pipeline where you can, you know, visually detect and and try and mitigate that issue with methane. It takes a lot of different, uh, you know, technologies, innovation to really understand what is the, the point source of that emission? How can it be repaired? Um, and, and what the work practices around that. So the exciting thing in this space is there's so much innovation around methane detection technologies, you might be uh, familiar or have heard of um, companies like GHGSat. it's a Canadian company that has a, a satellite that they've launched and, and actually several now and, and they can detect methane um, at you know, the site level. From um, you know thousands of facilities, and then we have aerial technologies. There's drones. There's trucks. There's handheld sensors. There's so much um, you know different innovation in the in the detection space. And so at Aeralytics, one of our kind of unique value propositions, and what we're known quite well for, is um, a modeling tool within our software to try and plan. These leak detection programs for industry, so helping them to model and simulate um, programs that incorporate new and innovative technology to figure out how to do all of this in the most cost-effective manner that will result in um, the emission reduction outcomes they need to. So, should we be flying a plane, you know, three times, six times? Should we be um, incorporating fixed sensors somewhere? It's 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 quite a complex problem. So that's um, that kind of modeling tool has been. Um a, a big feature of what we're offering at aerolytics to date
0: mm-hmm. so so um, methane is more harmful than carbon dioxide or carbon monoxide because it's it it creates more greenhouse effect and causes more global wor- uh, warming than carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide, so the idea is to monitor the methane emissions and and not to have too much. And methane in the atmosphere. Uh, um, so it's it's. Uh, thank you for uh, you know sharing some uh, uh, insight on that. Um, so can you talk about your clientele? I'm guessing saying you uh, sell to like oil and gas factories. Uh, who's your uh, clientele?
1: Sure. So currently our target market is the upstream oil and gas sector. Um, Our our clientele uh, is both Alberta-focused, primarily Western Canada-focused, and we have recently started um, some business with some some companies in the U.S. too. So primarily, um, you know, we're chasing after opportunities largely in areas that are are regulated because that's a driving force for this. Um, In Canada, as I mentioned, there is methane regulations. In the U.S., it is state-specific currently, but that could change uh, very well with the change of administration. So we're following that closely. Um, and then there are actually as well methane regulations in the US, which are which are um quite strong for sure, too. So, really, all across North America, there's there's kind of opportunities for this. Um, so that's that's really our focus right now. Um, there are also opportunities in more of the midstream and downstream sector. So when we think about pipelines and um and, and different companies in that space too, um, they also have you know, requirements and obligations around their emissions. And so that's, that's another area of focus.
0: Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that the company was founded about three years ago. So can you talk about, you know, your traction from the beginning in terms of number of clients or um, how much uh, uh, methane monitoring you have done, if you can share some uh, uh, traction uh, that you've had over time.
1: Sure. Um, So Yep, started the company in 2018. Um, I believe I mentioned we we do have a bit of a consulting arm to our company as well. So that really helped us get off the ground. Those consulting revenues helped fuel our product development um, and and to really be able to release our MVP of our software last year. And so since then, we've signed up um, our first companies for our pilots. We're currently piloting with some of Canada's largest oil and gas producers. Um, We've worked with a handful of different types of companies in different areas as I mentioned in both Canada and the U S. So it's it really enabled us to have a, um, a broader understanding of, of different pain points that different sizes of companies are, are dealing with and, and different types. And um, been able to work with a lot of different kind of third party sensor companies that have different solutions around that front. So that's really helped us expand um, our understanding of all the different technologies out there. Um, and so currently um, I believe in terms of our traction I mentioned. Oh no, I haven't mentioned this, but we did just close our our seed financing round earlier this year, and so that's really going to help us scale our team. Um, our we're currently based both in Halifax and Calgary. So our our software developers and our dev team is all run over the east coast. Um, our product lead, who's our co-founder, is out there. Me 2 And then because our target market is out on the west, where um, myself and our BD team is out in Calgary. And so that will really be, you know, in terms of growth, our, our focus is, is scaling our dev team and, and building more functionality and, and increasing the pace at which uh, we get these features out the door, because this is certainly a time-sensitive market. Um, the regulation uh, space is, is changing and um, companies are scrambling for solutions because these regulations came out into, uh, in, into effect last year. And this is a space that, um, you know, it's, it's a new opportunity. So definitely chasing those.
0: Mm-hmm. so can you talk about your whole uh, fundraising experience? what it was like? How much did you raise, and uh, who are the investors?
1: Sure, um so we closed our seed financing round earlier this year in January. Um, we raised seven hundred and ten k through that, and um, as I mentioned previous to that, it was really um, growth through through consulting revenues and non dilutive grants that that was really fueling our growth and so um, after we closed, um, the the plan for that is, is to scale our scale our team, our investors. Through that, um, we have let's see three three main investors. Um, our lead is Matiquity Ventures, based out of Calgary. Um, we also raised through a group called M um, Tech Innovations, and as well through a, a a pitch competition actually called Startup TNT. And so through that competition, it was an Alberta-based pitch competition. There was um, about fifteen investors or so involved in the Calgary side of things, and um, it, it's kind of a neat approach so really uh, the this pool of investors all pitches in a certain amount of money and collective they collectively they go through due diligence of the companies and they um, they it's kind of a, a learning process on both ends because they understand you know what um, what they're looking for in terms of uh, an investment, and, and they need to reach a consensus um, around who the, the first place winner of the investment will be. And, and so that was really terrific validation for our company to have received financing through that group as well, because there's a lot of people involved. And so that was a really enjoyable experience. And so um, collectively, um, you know, after we we raised through that, that competition, that really got the momentum and, and the snowball started rolling, we were able to um, close our lead, uh, I think about a week after that, who um, we had already been in discussions with. and um, we ended up doing some side deals with some of the investors involved in that process um, a couple of weeks later. And so we were able to uh, close our, our financing round um, in a few weeks after that competition. So it really was a, a great experience the whole, you know raising during a pandemic isn't easy. It's uh, of course, you know for every investor you reach out to, it there's a lot of refinement of your pitch, of your story um, that takes time. And, um, the, the fun thing about being based in Halifax and Calgary is that's kind of double, double the pool to be really reaching out to. So we, um, I mean, we, we reached out to, um, and we have a good connection base out in the East coast too. So been talking to a lot of those investors and we did receive as well, um, kind of a smaller convertible note from a group out, out on the East coast to, to round out our round too. So um, I mean, the whole process was was a great learning experience. I think as a startup, you're never really done raising. So, um, you know, we, we certainly have plans to expand and, um, and, you know, the financing won't stop. So um, that'll all continue. But it, it was really a, a good experience and a good learning experience on our end.
0: How long did the whole uh, process take from start to finish?
1: Yeah, I think, um, let's see here, maybe about five to six months. I think, um, like our, our company was a graduate of the creative destruction lab, Rockies um, accelerator. If you're familiar with the CDL program, and that was a really terrific program to, to get our company investment ready. So that helped us set up our, you know, our data room and and understand the process of due diligence, what, what was needed, what our story is, how much, like how much are we raising through what means? And, um, that was a really terrific experience through that. And, um, so we, we felt ready, kind of leaving that program, and then through there, it's you know you get out into the world, and you're like, oh gosh, who do I need to be talking to? <laughs> so it's a lot of um, time and just understanding who the right people are. You know, are, are the the investors? Do do they share similar um, goals? And what are like what is the value outside of just capital they can add? We were really lucky to have um, some investors that um, recently sold their their own software company, so they have terrific expertise in the more technical side of things Um, they're on our board of advisors as well. They have um, really good business kind of, you know, tech savvy advice for us. And so we're really trying to get a lot of expertise out of, out of the the investors just, uh, you know, outside of capital. So I think that that whole process of learning, like it's a kind of a two-way dance, right? (laughs) You need to make sure that the investors are a good fit for you and, and likewise. So that, that takes time for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, can you talk about um, any specific grants that you received? Uh, which programs did you qualify for?
1: Sure. Um, so to date, we've um, been really successful with with IRAP. Of course, that's a, a huge supporter of um, of you know just startups and kind of growth companies in Canada, and and so that's more on the federal level. With through National Research Council, um, we've had some support as well through um, different. Um, uh, sorry, not sorry, provincial programs in in Nova Scotia through governments there. as um, Alberta Innovates—that's um, another kind of provincial program in Alberta. Um, ACOA—that's a—that's a Nova Scotia group. Um, so that's that's really kind of our, our source to date of uh, on the non-dilutive side has been primarily those groups.
0: Uh-huh. So are uh, you able to share how much you uh, you were able to raise? through grants combined um, and including the irap grant
1: um great question i i wonder if i have that stat i would say it's um it's around 300k about i would say but don't quote me on that <laughs> cuz that's uh, kind of an influx but like Okay. There.
0: so this is part of the 710k that you've raised so far
1: Um, no nope, that the 710 was uh, all private equity
0: okay sure. okay so you've you've you raised so far about a million including grants and uh, and that's a, that's a good amount of grants that you're able to secure for your venture uh, um and and it's great that such such uh, government assistance is available uh, mm-hmm. for ventures and for uh technology so that's great um do you have any any uh, direct uh, competitors
1: yes um, great question i mean I think every every startup and every company has competitors so um for ours, we look at ours in a few different kind of segments um one of the the emissions modeling um type tool that i that I talked about um there are other emission models out there. What makes us ours different is that the ones currently available are more on the academic uh research side of things, so Um, They're developed in in universities and they're more meant as kind of simulation tools for for research purposes. Ours is is one of the, the, to our our knowledge, one of the only commercial ones or the only commercial ones that has uh, been developed for the specific purpose of supporting industry in their um, selection around alternative emissions detection technologies and options um, in, in North America. Um, a, a large, another kind of large competitor segment for us is actually the, the manual type approach in, in Excel. <laughs> so um, believe it or not, when I, when I talk to companies, I often learn that currently they're doing a lot of this data management and, and the logistics side of things, um, working with this in, in different ex- Excel se- spreadsheets, um, CSVs. There's no really kind of formal system set up to streamline this. Um, you know, it's not on the cloud. It's not digitized. So that's 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 an interesting learning, and it's not surprising because, as I mentioned, these regulations they they just came into effect last year. So it's not like companies have had um, you know to be actually measuring directly their emissions forever. So uh, that's another segment, and then there are other software companies out there in this space, um, different kind of production and accounting type companies that that manage or measure um, or estimate emissions from different sources like combustion of emissions um, more on a higher level um, as well. So understanding where we fit and and often the neat thing is that um, we see an opportunity to actually kind of streamline it and work with these different companies too. Um, So I think there's, um, you know, it's, it's understanding where we fit in that full value chain is there APIs that we can integrate with these platforms and, um, you know, streamline data flow because we're not directly overlapping and and how can we make this as easy as possible for producers through that kind of data integration and, and um, automation on that front? So I think if anything, I, I see more opportunity because um, this is this is a big problem and there's a lot of data cl- coming in and being collected. So <laughs> there's there's a lot of room right now to to get in.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely. Um, what other gases would you focus on in the future carbon monoxide uh, are there any other toxic gases which uh, you you plan to uh, monitor through your software
1: yes yeah, so um, methane is, is certainly the focus right now um, that said a lot of um, there are sensors coming out there that don't just detect methane they are starting to look into other other um, volatile organic compounds or um, hydrogen sulfide, for instance, is a is a toxic, very, um, very harmful gas um, to human and animal health if it's, you know, if if it's present in in that type of production region. So um, there's there's a lot of other opportunity to expand into into different gases. I think once, um, you know, we've heard rumors that the the area of the space is going um, beyond methane. Um, is that those nitrous oxides and, and sulfurous oxides will start to, to need to be managed and reported similar um, similar to methane. So we're, we'll see where that goes and if there's new regulations that will come out in that space. Um, of course, kind of carbon-related accounting and reporting is not going anywhere. Um, the, the whole environmental social governance pressure that we're seeing from investors, that's one of the most material Um, items for them is is understanding what the carbon risk of of these companies are. So um, understanding how kind of carbon and methane correlate, what, you know, can you put your methane emissions into um, tons of carbon E equivalent or uh, reported in that way that makes it more relevant. Um, So that's, that's another opportunity as well as is expanding kind of out into, into all the carbon carbon space.
0: Hmm. That's definitely interesting stuff. Um um how has your uh, business um been uh, in the recent difficult times that we're going through did you experience any growth or decline
1: yeah definitely so i think when when covid first hit um we did need to to change our approach you know our sales approach a little bit and, and understand um take a step back and understand how is this not only affecting our company but how is this more importantly affecting like our clients and who we're selling to and um you know, we need to be sensitive to the fact that this is a difficult time for them. Low commodity prices mean companies are you know sometimes sometimes going out of business or or there's been a lot of merges and acquisitions lately in the sector, which of course um, have impacted us. but um you know it's it's a very kind of influx environment right now and it's it is difficult. so just understanding um, who to be talking to the right times to be talking to these people. Um, for instance, we were discussing with a, with a company about a pilot. And then about, um, you know, a couple months later, we, we learned that they, they did go to business. So those types of stories, um, it's, 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 you know, it's a a tough time and we just need to be aware of that for, for the industry. That said, I think there, um, it has validated our value proposition and, um, through COVID because we realized that regardless of the price of oil, you know, the price, price of gas, that companies, this whole ESG pressure, it's not going away. And it 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 really doesn't matter um, what kind of state the industry is and in, investors are still hammering down on the requirement to to care about this issue. It's it's really becoming an issue that producers can no longer afford to avoid. And so that's that was something that we validated uh during COVID. We saw producers really step up to the plate still and, and still need to track and manage these things. Um, it didn't matter if, um, you know, despite the, whatever kind of state the um, you know, the price of oil was in, this was something that they still, um, went ahead with and, um, met their compliance obligations. So, um, so that was really helpful for us to, to understand that this is still a priority and that, that it's really not going anywhere. I think, um, overall COVID, um, you know, it's, it's still a difficult time for industry with all of these, these changes and, and the merges and all that and the acquisitions, but, um, overall for us as a whole, um, I think we're coming out a bit stronger and understanding our, our volley prop a little bit better in, in this type of environment.
0: Um, can you share a fun fact about yourself?
1: <laughs> oh, sure. Um, let's see here. Fun fact. <laughs> um, maybe the fun fact would be, um, oh gosh. <laughs> there's all these weird personal fun facts coming to mind, like, Oh, I Irish dance for 13 years, but I'm like, how is that relevant to this conversation? Um, yeah. Maybe a, a fun fact when I, when I think about our, our company, um, a lot of people think what the heck is uh, you know, a group out of a small town in the East coast caring about emissions. <laughs> that is, you know, we, we couldn't really be farther from uh, the energy sector in Calgary. So, um, that's probably just a, a fun fact for me and something I'm really proud of our company is, um, kind of expanding this expertise across Canada because it's really not just all about, um, you know, Calgary. It's not, <laughs> this is something that's kind of a, um, you know, a national problem and, and something that our whole, whole country needs to be tracking and caring about. So I'm really proud of the expertise we have in this space on the East Coast as well. And I think that that's really something that's unique about our company too is, is having that little group in, out on the east coast and um the lab that Dave one of our founder runs is just truly such a a neat um area of expertise in in the country and um, there's so much talent coming out of that so um definitely yeah definitely proud to kind of have that representation on on both Nova Scotia and Calgary
0: Mm -hmm. amazing uh well Liz it has been very nice uh, speaking with you and learning about yourself and also about Uh, Your venture. So, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Salman. I really appreciate it and have a wonderful day.
0: Absolutely. Uh, You want to share your website? Uh, How can people learn more about uh, Aerolytics?
1: Sure. Our website is aerolytics.com. Pretty simple. You can also find us on LinkedIn and Twitter at Aerolytics. And if there is anyone that wants to continue the conversation, feel free to reach out to me at Liz O'Connell at Aerolytics.ca. I'd love to hear from
0: you. All right, perfect. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you get a chance to learn about Liz and also about uh, Aerolytics and uh, and how they can help you with uh, monitoring emissions. And uh, feel free to reach out to Liz if you have any questions. And thank you so much for listening to Soncast and stay tuned for more episodes.